Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. I just got one thing to say, man. Would you please turn that noise down? <laughs> You're getting old. Get off my lawn, Doug. <laughs> Get off my This so. is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. I have a question for you, Taking, the, taking the world on again, yes. Do What's the question? Do the young people still bop their head? You know, rock and roll music. You're Every, everybody had bops, dude. Okay. It hasn't gone away yet? It has not gone away. Okay. Uh, that little sidestep country thing that you do has gone away i just want you to no, know country is like that not country anymore but still it's good no country is <laughs> country's like metal from the 80s exactly I'm like, right they're, they're, did you did you see that uh try that in a small town yes dude that guy was like smoking hot on the guitar um you know i watched he played uh, it really good you know what i watched say. i i watched all these reaction videos to that right black, right. black guys because they called him racist and all that stuff and the black guys are like oh i like that michael jackson riff he's doing right like, it does sound like beat it or something like that it da, does da, yeah da, da. i was like okay so country is country's getting better i i don't know if i'm quite a fan yet but i'm kind of getting there anyway let's get on to our <laughs> guest we're still in south carolina and he's waving at our former guest but um this guy is a constitutional uh, attorney and he's got a story to tell and he actually had just uh, recently wrote a book called travesty of justice about the case of uh lieutenant clint Lawrence, and uh-huh. i'm sure he's going to want to talk to us about it but it's don brown don brown welcome to the show how are you sir Doug, Marty, it's a pleasure. Hey, you're talking about music. If you want to get in country music, there's a song called Rich Men North of Richmond that you need to check out. I did see you it. You know, you got to check it out. The YouTube video completely mm-hmm. went viral. Yeah. Uh, Rich Men North of Richmond. Have yes. you seen that one? I have, yeah. 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 You know, all right, so maybe I'm going to start liking country. <laughs> I don't know. Old rock and roller from forever, but... But Don, it's, a, it's a theme, right? But it, we, we all grew up basically in small towns, understanding mm-hmm. the idea of family mm-hmm. and neighbors mm-hmm. and stuff. And all this stuff that we don't agree with, the stuff that's against mm-hmm. our values, mm-hmm. is being pushed on us by these big cities. So it's it's, it's just uh, an age-old sort of fight, if you will. Well, the reaction to that yeah. song is what's yeah. amazing. When you look at all the podcasts, with really with, with podcasters of different races, ethnicities, just weeping at hearing the words of the music. I mean, God. I'm not a huge country fan. I mean, I'm from the country, you know, but I mean, I'm probably contemporary with you guys in terms of some of our music taste, but it seems like a powerful thing. It's going to be interesting. The left's already trying to attack it, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. I, w- I heard that the um, the artist had turned down several multi-million dollar contracts so far. You know, if I'm the artist, man, I'm going to jump on the contract, but I guess he's standing on his principle for the time being, so we'll see how it goes. I think, didn't mean to cut you off, guys. No, I think you're 100% with your background as well. Yeah, yeah I probably would too. Big contract or opportunity. Right, yeah, right. However, you're right. You don't want it silenced. And right. If it's having that much traction, you might want to wait until it right. dies down. Well, when yeah. they give you the 30 pieces of silver, they expect you to turn Jesus in. That's, right. that's just the way it works. So, <laughs> that's no, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that he was turning down contracts and stuff. We need to get him on the show. Yep. Um, I think he's 
uh, he has to fire up a generator or something. He's kind of an <laughs> off-grid guy, so I, yeah. he definitely probably doesn't have Zoom. We're going to have to travel to the country. I think he's in Virginia or West Virginia. I think we're okay with that. That's right. Travel to the country. We announced that we're coming first, though. Yeah, right. So, yeah, we don't get shot or whatever. Those city folks are coming. Tom, you're not a risk on orthorismy. You're in good shape. Right. So, Don, tell us about yourself. You're a a constitutional attorney. What does that mean? Does that mean that you go to law school and read all about the Constitution and study every word of the Constitution? And how does that work? I know you gentlemen were at my talk last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, uh, sure, you take constitutional law in law school, but you don't read the Constitution. The, the thing that's uh, one of the biggest, the dirtiest secrets is lawyers don't know the Constitution. Um, we take a course called Constitutional Law and we start reading cases, starting with a case called Marbury versus Madison. We read, you know, all the, the famous constitutional cases, Plessy versus Ferguson, you know, Brown versus Board of Education, you know, uh, whatever, Bates versus Arizona, all the way up to whatever is the, the latest case. And so you learn what the Supreme Court has said about the Constitution. That's kind of like a preacher, you know, reading somebody else's sermons and never reading the Bible. Bible. And the, the level of constitutional ignorance has put us in a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place in this country. So we're hoping to do something about that and um, appreciate the opportunity to spend a couple of minutes with you guys today. I so, like the analogy, first of all, that is, you know like Yelp reviews when you go to a restaurant? Yeah. If you never eat at the restaurant, but you base your uh, evaluation of the restaurant based right. on somebody else's review, right? Right, right. You, you never had the source material. I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Well, you know, and I'll... And, and I'll um, I mentioned this before, but I, I speak on the Constitution some. I don't know if I'm a constitutional expert, I, but the, somebody said, you're a constitutional expert. Here's the deal. That's a pretty low, low <laughs> bar. You know, if you know a couple of a couple of uh, amendments, you're a constitutional, because it's not taught, period. So when I speak sometimes, I, just, I throw out an icebreaker. You know, what are the five fundamental rights of the First Amendment? Threw that out when I spoke here at the uh, KBA event last night. Um, I think... You know, I think Doug got it. I mean, some, but a lot of people will scratch their heads mm-hmm. on that, and uh, most people will. As a matter of fact, I've had very few lawyers ever nail all five fundamental rights in the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. I had one lawyer. I asked, "What are the five fundamental rights?" You know, just testament. Let me see: speech, uh, the press, the right to bear arms. So help me. It's very rare. <laughs> I think the right to bear arms might be in the no, second. second. Yeah, uh, but, but that's the yeah. point. You know, yeah. um, it, this Constitution simply is not taught and that's one of the reasons they're getting away with uh with and we're in a we're in a very toxic uh, legal environment whereby they're railroading the rule of law and we have lawless judges on the bench that are letting them get away with it so uh we got to do something about we, it we, of, yeah we've seen things in our state where right. people that actually know the constitution or read or carry a constitution in their pocket are somehow seen as radical this is our founding documents this is the right. law of the land the highest law of the, the land F- i think the fbi targets people that carry a constitution in their yeah. pocket right. and the nice thing is you can carry a constitution in your pocket it's not a it's not a 900 page book right it's a, it's a 30 minute read if you're right. a slow reader right. exactly. your speech last night Same was fantastic i love the you know we're speaking our language this is it right someone that actually knows what's going on how our rights are being taken away yeah. i will say this years ago i was at a rick santorum event right. up in seattle and we had, it was like uh uh this it was the wall street you know sitting in the, the protest they were whatever and they were like we have the first amendment the right you know to basically free speech right to be in there yeah but we have the right to peacefully assemble you know <laughs> you know you don't know that but they don't oh no you don't that's the first amendment, first amendment as well. right right <laughs> right and the, the two conflicting rights right it was just a weird thing they, they want to hold on to something that gives them the right to interrupt you right but, exactly yeah Go ahead. Exactly. But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, when you look at the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments, uh, there there are some, as I count, 38 
fundamental or inalienable rights within those the first ten amendments. There are five within the first amendment. And of course, the uh, right to peacefully assemble and the, the first of all the constitutional rights set forth the first amendment is the right to free to freedom of religion. Of course, but you you know you're right. It's uh, it's interesting the way people will pick and choose and not understand, and then we wind up in some really uh, uh, really sort of screwed up situations. Unfortunately, before these judges. So how um, how do you feel? about the three newest uh, judges that, uh, well, they're not the newest now because yeah. you got uh, Catania mm, that yes. doesn't know uh, that yeah, what a right. woman is. Uh, but the, the three justices that Donald Trump picked, did that, did that Trump, help us a bit? Trump justices. Well, yes and no. Certainly it's helped us on, on a number of, um, of uh, seminal cases that we wanted to fight for a long time. Let me start with the positive. We got Roe versus Wade finally overturned, which was a constitutional train wreck, and even some liberal law professors agree with that. We, we finally... Uh, gotten this Bakke decision over Trump. We've gotten affirmative action finally declared to be unconstitutional, and DEI is short is, will soon follow that. On the other hand, they've been very weak on election fraud. I was very disappointed with their. Uh, they, listen, um, Bush versus Gore in, in 2000 involved this hanging chad case in Palm Beach County, and went up through the courts, went up through the Florida Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court took the case up and decided to intervene because you had differing standards in differing counties in Florida and the Supreme Court said it's an equal protection violation. You know, when you have one county counting, one, you know, recount, 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 another with different procedures. Well, when you look at the case that was brought as an original case before the Supreme Court called uh, Texas versus Pennsylvania et al., brought by Texas Attorney General uh, Kim Paxton, that case was so bad, it made Bush versus Gore look like, you know, a uh, happy day at romper room or something when you talk about the, the differing standards that were being applied in pennsylvania alone mm-hmm. but they didn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole but they had every opportunity to so i'm disappointed that they've been weak so far on uh, election fraud but it's much 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 better than what we've had and there appears to be what i would call basically a five to four conservative majority i don't include the chief justice necessarily yeah, chief in Roberts, that. No. he blows back and forth and you have to wonder about him so it's a tremendous step up it isn't everything that we wanted and i'm hoping we get to put some more conservatives on the bench in the not too distant future and i'm talking about true conservatives and mm-hmm. here's the problem i i think you know uh when you when you look at the historical setting of the of the election and and only two justices alito and thomas were even willing to take a look uh, at the uh, at the at that case, Pennsylvania, Texas mm-hmm. versus Pennsylvania, uh, they we're coming out of an immediate uh, situation where Antifa and Black Lives Matter have been burning the country down, including you guys out there in Seattle. I think you caught a little bit of the brunt of that. As oh as yeah, yeah. So um, so burn the country down, get away with it. Um, they didn't want the country. They knew what the left was going to do, so they didn't want to touch it. They were trying to preserve the institution of the Supreme Court, so they didn't touch it. The ten foot pole. I mean, where's, you know, where is the opportunity to present substantive evidence on election fraud? Mm-hmm. And to that degree, there's been a failure of the federal judiciary and state judiciaries as well, all across the country, but especially federal judiciaries. You know, I was, uh, I was, uh, I went to a book signing. I had a book come out last year called Oldbury General. It's a biography about General William Rupertus, a military biography who commanded the 1st Marine Division in World War II, longer than anybody else. Wrote, co-wrote the book with his granddaughter, who had a lot of artifacts. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we were on a book tour, and um, I was we were hosted by a local Republican operative, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. 
you know, Romeo and the November Oscar, you know, uh, Rhino, sort of. Right, uh, right. Uh, what I would say is we got in, everything was going along until we got in discussion uh, of the uh, 2020 election. And I said, listen, I've seen this on the inside. Uh, the election was stolen. What I got, no court has ever blah, blah, blah. I'm getting pushback on the, with the no court has ever fill in the blank stuff. Well, what court has yes. considered the substantive evidence of what we saw in 2000 Mules, for it's example? It's all about standing, right? Prim- yes, primarily you're kicking them on standing. And, and they'll kick them on standing, on timing. You know, in, in Georgia, there's some cases were brought. On one hand, the case just, judge says you wait too long. Other one says you start... You look at the same set of facts. You start too early. They'll find any. any they found any procedural excuse they could find not to deal with it on the substance. So you asked me a question about Supreme Court, and I sort of delved off into the federal judiciary in general. But the short answer to the question: We're in better shape than we were, but we still got a long way to go. And I'm hoping that uh, some of these Trump appointees will grow a little bit. Well, I may have. I might appear before some of them, so I want to be a little careful. But I hope that we that we we get some better results yeah. on some of these cases, especially in election fraud. Standing areas. in the Supreme Court obviously may not be up on constitutional law, but we saw something fairly shortly after that where there was a leak that's never happened in the Supreme Court. Uh, the ruling about Roe v. Wade coming right, out early right. prior to an election, and really nothing's been done about it. Right, as far as investigation. Was that a warning to the Supreme Court justices? And they don't know whose cocaine it was oh, at the White House either. But <laughs> Do you think that was like one of those things like, hey, this is a threat? Because they, they camp outside their doors, right, after the fact. I think, yes, I think it's all part of uh, an intimidate and, 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 and a plan subtly to intimidate conservative justices. Fortunately, it seemed to have backfired and nobody backed down. I mean, once that Dobbs decision was leaked, I was going to believe it when I saw it. Right. And right. Uh, it seemed to have backfired a little bit. But, yeah, the camping outside in front of Kavanaugh's, you know, uh, home there in northern Virginia and all types of threats and not a thing gets done. Now, if if it were conservatives camping outside of, you know, some li- of Nancy Brown, J- house. Yeah, pick, yeah, pick your liberal, you know, you're going to get prosecuted for hate crimes, for conspiracy, right. to, fill in the, conspiracy to fill in the blank, you name it. Right. It's all part of the of the uh, the egregious double standard we're seeing in the application of justice in this country. It's got to come to an end. It is the, yeah, the thugs we're dealing with. So it, I like the way you say that. I think you're on mark. It, it really is the thugs. In Washington State, we have a thing, um, obviously I'm in Texas now, but in Washington State, um, the judges, when they run for office, they can't talk about their political ideology. All they can talk about is their history. It is like you don't know who they are. Right. You know, you, you know it's interesting that you say that because um, in North Carolina, I'm a native Tar Heel, um, the uh, Republicans were the judges are elected, including the Supreme Court and the Court of Appeals. And the Republicans began to sweep those offices. And then the next thing you know, the Democrats get control of the state board of elections and remove party affiliation. Yeah. The Democrats begin to win. Just within the last four years, party affiliation is now back on the ballot in North Carolina. North Carolina now has gone to a Republican majority state Supreme Court. And so you're telling somebody they can't speak i mean yeah i mean think about the violation of the first amendment just in that command alone and uh i, I think it's uh, they want to hide their true identity so that they can they can push anybody in they want their courses it's all part you know if you can control the judiciary then you can then if you get activist judges in judges in we're seeing uh law we're seeing laws made from the bench and first of all there's no constitutional authority to make laws from the bench yep. and so um you know, we've, we've got to be really vigilant uh, in the judicial selection processes around the country, not just at the federal level, but in the state levels as well. 
We saw this. We had Arlene's flowers out there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the case where she wouldn't want to make a bouquet for a gay uh, a wedding. Went all the way to Springport in Washington State, nine nothing against her because of the judges that were elected right. and appointed to the, to the courts. And we've been fighting this for a while. It's like we don't know who they are, right? So oftentimes they'll hide their agenda until right. they get in. So. Uh, Constitutional turning, obviously, um, the ones we see on Fox News or whatever. You have Dershowitz, a Democrat, right? And you Met have, him once, right? Right. Uh, there are there that many people that in your field that are specialized in the Constitution, or no? And part of the reason is, I mean, most lawyers don't. Most lawyers are dealing with wills, powers of attorneys, health care powers of attorney. They're, deal, they're defending a drunk driving case, which sometimes has constitutional implications and search and seizure stuff. Um, the, to the extent that most attorneys have any uh, play, to play footsie with constitutional law at all is criminal defense attorneys who are dealing principally with uh, Fourth Amendment type of issues. Mm-hmm. But in terms of First Amendment, Second Amendment, uh, Fifth and Sixth Amendment, it, it's pretty rare. You know, I, I did a I did an editorial hit piece the other day in American Thinker. I do some writing in American Thinker uh, on um, on uh, the the government. Jack Smith uh, released, you know, filed a motion with the court, the federal court in D.C., asking for a speedy trial, a speedy trial. In the in the case, you know, in the January sixth case against Trump, right? Wanting it to begin January the second, asking for a speedy trial, saying the interest of the government we serve, blah blah blah. Well, the the Sixth Amendment doesn't give the government the right to demand a speedy trial. The accused has that right and can exercise it or not exercise right. it. Right. You know, so so sometimes the accused does might not want to exercise it. And the classic example is I can't find a, an exonerating witness, give me some more time to find it. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to turn the Constitution on its head and because people know no better, oh speedy trial, speedy trial, they're trying to ram him in, obviously, for uh, the purposes of keeping, the off the cam- keeping off the campaign yeah. trail. And the other thing that Smith is trying to do here is he's trying to to uh, to accelerate a federal conviction, which would yes. allow him then to go in and challenge the, the Mark Elias types, will then go into states like Texas and a few other significant states that have statutes on the books that would prohibit a felon, convicted felon, from being on a ballot. So right. that, now the Constitution doesn't prohibit, prohibit that. Right. But the, you will see it will give them another play toy for lawfare if they get that conviction. So there's a double-edged sword to it um i've done a piece on this as well but um you know the hatch act actually prohibits i mean there's a section of the hatch act and i I did a uh, op-ed on this as well that actually prohibits any federal employee from using his and her office to in any way alter effect or or uh or um or help determine the outcome of an election okay Mm -hmm. so the problem is that applies to the Attorney General of the United States as a federal employee. It mm-hmm. applies to Jack Smith, prosecutor, as a federal employee. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it applies to the federal judges who are federal employees. And I think we're going to have to get to the point that we have these rogue – I've been calling for the passage of rogue prosecutor laws, which would criminalize these political prosecutors that bring political prosecutions. They mm-hmm. ought to have to face felony convictions themselves. You say, well, does that mean you never – prosecute a politician some of them need to be prosecuted Mm -hmm. well here's the deal is it politically motivated or not it's already against the law Mm -hmm. in the united states to do that in a hatch act but if this the seminal question is if you're prosecuting somebody for what i call a meat and potatoes crime larceny arson stay you stab somebody you steal something that's one thing but if you're prosecuting somebody at the heart of the prosecution has to do with free speech then that should be what we call a prima facie case a prima facie uh uh presumption 
that the case is being brought politically, and that prosecutor ought to pay a price. Mm -hmm. Jack Smith, there, there needs to be teeth in the laws, and I've talked to a couple of members of Congress about this, that make these prosecutors, these communist prosecutors, pay a price on the backside because what they're really doing when they prosecute for free speech when you look at these trump prosecutors and by the way you're from you're in texas now is that yeah. correct yep. you know i i'm i've been doing some work on a proposal i've got right now um dealing with looking at political prosecutions sort of going back really to the ted stevens prosecution okay mm -hmm. you know prosecuted him for taking somebody was supposed to take reversed thrown out he lost and then died right but in texas they go into travis county you know and so you know, Rick Perry was prosecuted for vetoing a bill. Right. You know, they prosecuted Tom DeLay. You know, they, Harris County, it's got a bunch of liberals there in Austin, you know. I mean, it's like San Francisco in the middle of Texas almost. Right. But these Democrats have been using this, and it is now culminating with these Trump prosecutions. But you're seeing not just the First Amendment under attack. You know, because because obviously they're prosecuting the president for his freedom of speech and freedom of thought. Right. But you're seeing the Fourth Amendment under attack because we've seen we've seen warrants issued based upon faulty information given to judges. We saw, and Professor Dursey was brought this up. They they failed in D.C. to to inform the grand jury of exonerating information. Mm -hmm. You know, when they didn't they didn't play the tape of the president saying go peacefully. Yep. When you look in Florida, they they failed. Uh, in the uh, in the so-called uh, uh, espionage case, which is a joke in, in Florida, they failed to inform that grand jury of the of the uh, Presidential Records Act. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the Presidential Records Act, and I've studied it in detail, the Presidential Records Act specifically allows, and it uses this phrase, "former president." A former president may have access to his to his presidential records, mm -hmm. and may also appoint a designee. Okay, now listen. That Presidential Records Act does not have a time, place, or manner restriction at all. So, in other words, it doesn't say a presidential, a former president may have access to presidential records, but only the non-classified records. Mm -hmm. doesn't say it doesn't limit the classification level to that access. If, and, and he can appoint a designee. So, he can appoint either one of you guys. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're covered under the act. That's what the law says. Um, but that information was not delivered to the grand jury at all in seeking the indictment. And, uh, and so what we're seeing is these prosecutors basically picking and choosing what they want to pick and choose to push stuff for political purposes. Um, On the flip side, you have the Hunter Biden case where they didn't uh, show the information <laughs> and actually lied right to the judge. And she caught it right for the sweetheart deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank thank. Thank God she did, and and when you see that type that flash of justice once in a while, there's still some hope that it can stir into our hearts. Yep. But unfortunately, that sort of thing has been the exception to the rule, and not just Hunter Biden, but Hillary Clinton with multiple mm -hmm. top secret uh, emails on her server. Mm -hmm. And by the way, neither Hillary Clinton nor Joe Biden nor Mike Pence had the protection of the Presidential Records right, Act. Right. None of them did. And if you stop and think about this, um, uh, I wrote a book called uh, Stores in 17. It's about the shoot down of a SEAL team unit in Afghanistan in 2011. Salem has uh, made a movie out of it, and then it's on their server. And so they've done a great job. But I don't want to sidetrack too much, except to say um, that, um, that uh, you know, they, they – what was I getting ready to say there? Do you remember? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Um, but they, uh, they, uh, they don't prosecute – they haven't prosecuted Hunter Biden. Yes, I remember. Yep. Uh, Admiral McRaven. Who is a 
who allegedly led, led the SEAL team raid against bin Laden, mm-hmm. is an Obama appointee and, uh, and wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post attacking President Trump around 2017 or 18 because President Trump had ripped away the security clearance of John Brennan, mm-hmm. the former CIA director. John Brennan was not the CIA director at the time President Trump pulled his classified uh, clearance. Right. Okay, And so McRaven says, Mr. President, take my clearance too. And they were like, going to stick a thumb in his thumb, thumb in his mouth, you know, take his his uh, toys and run. Right. But here's the point. These are former CIA directors who are not government officials, who are not elected. And they've got top secret clearances. And you're telling me that a former president, a former yeah. president wouldn't have a secret clearance? Right. When you, and when you look at the Presidential Records Act, it doesn't say, you know, the president, former, former, the word former is used in the act. President only, only has access to his records at some vault. And D.C. doesn't say that. No. doesn't say... It does, there's no time, place, or manner restriction. That is kept away from the jury. This is show these guys ought to be prosecuted for mm-hmm. what they're for what they're doing. And here's one other thing. And and I'll and I'll shut up. In no, a second, no, no, no. We, we have questions, so it's good. The, the the fifth and sixth amendments are also under attack here. Yeah. And, and here's what I mean. They've waged war against Trump's lawyers. Some of them who are friends of mine, by the mm-hmm. way. And so we've seen it on multiple fronts. For example, we saw the two lawyers in Mar-a-Lago turn tail when the government turned a little heat up on him and, and turned state's witness, okay? Mm-hmm. Then we saw Jack Smith, when he came up with his January 6th indictment, name five unindicted co-conspirators. We know probably three of those are attorneys, probably Sidney Powell, probably Giuliani, and maybe Eastman. I don't know the third one. Mm-hmm. And, and then we saw Fannie uh, Willis come flat out and indict a number of Trump attorneys. Okay, so here's the thing. Well, look at what happens when that occurs uh for, first of all jack smith is trying to take those lawyers off the table mm-hmm. so that they can't testify that trump believed that the election was stolen or you'll get prosecuted so he's tr- there tr- so this is strategic but here's the problem this is wrecking the sacred notion of the attorney client privilege mm-hmm. now the attorney client privilege is rooted in both the fifth amendment right against self-incrimination and the sixth amendment uh, right to effective assistance of counsel. So if you come into my office and you say, listen, Don, I was in a bank and the bank got robbed. I didn't rob the bank, but the guy that robbed it had on a blue shirt like me and I've been misidentified. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're telling me that. I'm saying, okay, what you tell me stays here, goes nowhere. Well, then if the government comes in and, and wants to say conspiracy to blah, blah, blah and starts putting pressure on a lawyer to spill the beans, and if I, if I then... Although I've told you it's going to be confidential right. because I'm afraid they're going to prosecute me. Say, okay, Mr. Assistant, Mr. Um, U.S. Attorney, yeah, yeah, they were there. He was there at the bank. Now, he didn't, he didn't say he robbed you. He was there. But they're going to use the fact that you were there, what you told me, to right. help nail you with. So this, here's the problem. We are on the verge as I said last night, of totalitarianism if these if these prosecutions succeed. But when Trump says they're really after you, he's correct because what you'll see if they, are, if they are able to get away with it is copycat communist prosecutors all over the country mm-hmm. then seeking to find conspiracy against your lawyer and take away and that attorney-client privilege is not designed to protect criminals. The, the, the Bill of Rights was written to protect Americans against governmental overreach. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that innocent Americans, or even guilt, or whoever, 
Everyone is presumed innocent to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. But they're seeking to destroy the constitutional protections here because if they succeed, it's all over. So I, I didn't mean to preach a sermon on no, that, no, but it's something it's near and dear to so, my heart. It's so, so, so good. A little tongue-in-cheek here. So um, Hillary Clinton, um, her staff destroyed phones with hammers. Uh, right. bit, no, FBI uh, agents did yeah, that. FBI, well, and her staff as well. Um, bleach bit computer. You have the January 6th committee destroying sure, right. evidence. So right. Isn't that against the law? Is that somehow? Well, in, in some corners, we call that obstruction of justice. Yeah. But they're Democrats. They're English-speaking communists. I don't even call them Democrats. They're English-speaking communists, basically. So the, the, the double standard is beyond anything we could ever have possibly mm-hmm. imagined. And then you have Comey recognizing that Hillary clearly recognizing that she has classified information in her possession illegally says no reasonable prosecutor would ever bring this and remember she doesn't have the protection of the presidential no. records act thank right. god and i hope that she never will and i believe she never will she has the protection but the double standard is what's about the set it's what has so many conservatives beyond furious yeah um, and even regular two, even i think even regular two folks tiers yeah, of right. people see right. it you know they get away with everything uh, i think you have to be a conservative to say okay hunter's being treated differently than donald trump right, right. no well yeah exactly that's exactly right so anyway i'm gonna bring something back doug brings this up all the time and it's great as well it must he, be brilliant if doug brings it up it's a great thank brilliant you. thing <laughs> thank you, you very go. much see you bet Jesus, good, I'm, right? your, I'm your fan doug um, thank you don he brings <laughs> up the patriot act all yeah, the time right yeah. talk about it. i mean our, our many of our rights were off the door through this fear it was disconcerting yeah the the, the patriot civil act. forfeiture yeah, and civil forfeiture. Just take, just take your property. Just take your stuff. Just take it, take it, take it first, and ask questions later. It right. needs to. Be, well, we, that's we're, unconstitutional, right? Uh, I yes, mean, you, yes, it is. You have due process, right? A- absolutely, it, it, it is an affront to due process. The due process clause of the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. It is a front to due process clause, and it should be, it should never have been renewed. And you have Republicans renewing it, you know, and that's the thing that's so infuriating. And this about is the this. where they're doing the surveillance on American citizens sure, too, right? Sure, doing it right Which now. Which is also they're listening to everything we say. If they want to hear it, they're going to listen to it. They don't have a, they don't need probable cause. You got to have a probable cause for a search warrant. Mm-hmm. The Fourth Amendment's being trashed, and, and it goes beyond just you know uh, these false statements that these prosecutors are giving to get warrants about Trump with, mm-hmm. to the FISA court. Come on, FISA court? You're supposed to have public courts, but that's a whole other thing. But the Patriot Act is something they have used. The, the way they start it, it's to protect against terrorism. I don't want the freaking protection. Right. You know, I don't want the protection. That's why God created Smith and Wesson, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why God created the Second Amendment. Right. But, but I don't want the protection. You know, but they start it's for your protection, and then it turns in it's for your persecution. So, uh, you know, where is McCarthy on the repeal of this thing, and, and why is it that when it comes up for renewal that we have Republicans getting in bed with Democrats to extend it? Mm-hmm. So, you, it's a very, very good point. It's totally unconstitutional. And the Espionage Act. Part of the problem with the whole classified material things they classify everything under the sun. Right. You know. Redact, redact, redact. A- exactly. That is exactly right. So, um, so you know, bringing up that, uh, in Washington State, they just passed a law that exempts most election records from public records disclosure. So Election records. Yeah. The most public Thing. of all things that should be public. Exactly. Is now masked from the public. Yeah. It's kind of like Bobby Kennedy saying. What are they hiding? Yeah, it's like it's like Bobby Kennedy saying the other day, they bring him in uh, for a, a hearing, you know, 
a, a hearing on um, on suppression, and they turn around and suppress uh, on free speech, and they turn around and suppress this, want to suppress this free speech's own party, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, but, but but people got to wake up, you know, and, 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 you know, good people are out there and, you know, they get away with doing things in the dark of the night because they know most people are asleep at the switch, which is why what you guys are doing is so valuable. I mean, we, we have to light the torch and pass the torch and with, with as many of our allies as we can. Um but when it gets hot enough, hopefully the people will wake up on it. That's just absolutely horrible. I know. I told you Don was great. He just complimented us twice in like right? the last 10 minutes. I know, minutes. right? <laughs> Let me ask you this. You guys okay? going to pass dinner tonight, yeah, right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, right. Medium uh, rare. I like my state. Mean, Medium yeah. rare. New York strip. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> Marty can take care of that. That's right. Uh, Marty can afford it. I can see it in his eyes. Yes, right. <laughs> did, did Jeffrey Epstein hang himself? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we're getting this stuff out of the open. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm surprised his uh, his um, female escort is still alive. To be honest with you, right? Um, come on, give me a break and, a, and a, give, just give me a break on that. Um, I mean, there's a there's um, a, a theory out there that he's a CIA asset. That he he's one of the reasons why these judges are in trouble, right? They trap them with these young girls and things like that. They film them and. Yeah. And now they're, you know, listen, you better not take on election integrity listen, because we'll get it out, you know. I've heard that theory. And uh, and while I can't prove that definitely, I can tell you that it, it rings true. Listen, 20 years ago, I would have believed most of this stuff. You know, um, when I did the uh, the book on extortion 17 shoot down in 2011, it was 90 days after the Bin Laden mission. Mm-hmm. And we, we lost 17 members of SEAL Team 6 in a helicopter shoot down that appears to have been by design. And uh, as I began to dig into that book, into the research on all that, and got a copy of 250 pages of military records that were suddenly just, you know, declassified within a period of 60 days because we had good senior enlisted folks. Somehow, how those got declassified is a mystery. Mm. But it, it was very, very clear to me those guys were probably sacrificed. Right. There's nothing, nothing. No sinister scenario that you can suggest about deep state operations that would that I would not believe at this point. So yes, I've heard the the theory that uh, some judges are compromised. I mean, wh- why did no judges step up and hear any any evidence at all? Why why in the world did no federal judge in Georgia, for example, hear evidence on what was going on there in the State Farm Arena? Mm-hmm. Why did no federal judge in Michigan here evidence what was going on in the TGF center I believe it is TGF I want to say TGY yogurt right, TGF right. yeah where is where where are the hearings on these things in Michigan I can tell you there were that we that we saw lots and lots of um, absentee ballots from military guys born in 1900 mail from Detroit mm-hmm. and hey just pass them on through I mean where where were the hearing on the merits of all this? So, so back to your hypotheses, Doug. I can't prove it, but it wouldn't shock me because something isn't added up right. Usually, where there's, you know, there's some smoke, there's some fire under it. Mm-hmm. So we basically got uh, flight logs, and you know, former President Clinton, so on, Bill Gates on these flights, but they they have video, right? They have it. We're told that they have it. Yeah, yeah. where is and, it? But where is, where is it? it? 
Right. Yeah. Where it, is it? It's well, kind of like the January 6th video, right? When they were walking through, be, staying behind the ropes and picking up the brochures that well, the Tucker showed. You're like, this doesn't look like an insurrection. This looks some, like a tour group. Yeah, when was the last time someone was prosecuted, right? Or indicted, if you will, or arrested for tra- child or human trafficking and none of the traffickers were arrested with them. None of the lists were released, right? So right. you go like, okay, people know this stinks. They know it's demonic, first of all. They know it's, uh, it, it's two tiers, if you will. Sure. They're protecting somebody. But then yeah. you go, without being even, even conspiracy, you're like, well, tie the dots here. You have a prosecutor over, what, in Virgin Islands, whatever it is, right. you know, th- that is bringing a case against J.P. Morgan Chase, right? The, the, right. the a guy, because he was uh, part of human trafficking. And then Biden goes over, and somehow they get fired. You know? Kind of like kind of like the uh, prosecutor, uh, you know, over investigating the Burisma case in yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. Abracadabra. I'll be a, you know, I told him, you don't get your billion dollars unless this guy's gone. He said, I can't do it. And, uh, you know, call Barack and son of a, son of a, whatever. Right, right, right. Christian station. So I'll be careful. I won't Well, think about this, though. Right. You know, they can openly flaunt this stuff. That is like mobster. I mean, it's like, that's a quid pro quo right there. That's totally illegal. The, the, uh, I was just, you know, somebody's talking about changes at Fox. And I think, uh, right now you have, uh, Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld, who mm-hmm. are doing the best of the of uh, hitting the hardest. And I heard Gutfeld say the other day, the problem with the scenario is the corrupt media is nothing but an extension of the left. Yep. It's a propagandist extension of the left. You can't believe anything they say. Uh, you guys are the rare exception of the rule, which is what makes you even more valuable. And and others like you, there there are some who are who are battling it. But the media is their propaganda arm, mm-hmm. and people with their sand, you know, heads stuck in the sand like ostriches burying their heads, they're going to turn on. They're going to hear what they want to hear, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's we're we, it's a propaganda problem. It so is. they get away with it because they've got the the best finance propaganda machine, mm-hmm. and even you know. Even major news outlets like Fox aren't what they used to be, right. if you know what I mean. So uh, yeah. if, if that you, brings me up to the question is, um, what about this settlement with Fox and Dominion? It, well, you're, you guys are raising good questions. See why you get paid so much. Your questions are <laughs> darn good. Why in the world would, uh, would Fox settle that case? First of all, suing a uh, you're, you're suing for defamation when there 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 are as best as i can tell there weren't any direct um statements by any but if you sue for defamation truce to defense so mm-hmm. why not why not in the dominion case begin to raise questions in other words why is it if dominion is so reliable then in june in the summer of 2020 when georgia was having its um senatorial runoff or election prior mm-hmm. to the 2020 fall election why is it that numerous candidates names did not appear on ballots you know dominions in every county in georgia you know why is it that and here's one that uh the citizens for effect for good governance in georgia a left-wing organization sued dominion they sued dominion and that case was in litigation all the way up right before the 2020 election at one time before dominion became a pivotal issue on Trump's election, mm-hmm. the left was supporting the assault on Dominion. We've seen letters from Pocahontas as the president causer, Elizabeth right. Warren, Warren, and Amy Klobuchar, and Ron Wyden, you guys know him, yep. uh, Morgan. Yep. bringing in 
bringing in uh, to, to the to the Staple Street owning Dominion um, CEO asking about problems with the system. Why is it that Judge Amy Klobuchar, excuse me, Amy um, Totenberg, the federal judge hearing that case, why is it that as soon as the election was over, those records were sealed? Mm. Why is it that nobody knows what she, I know what she said in her, she, she ripped Dominion a new one in her, in her order. She, in her order before she sealed it, she made the point that the Dominion uh, system cannot be verified mm-hmm. because it uses a Q code, and she ordered the uh, Secretary of State Raffelsberger and Dominion to come up with something that the public could basically have faith in. She declined, which was the original request to go to paper ballots in Georgia on the note that it was going to be too disruptive, mm-hmm. and then the records got sealed. Mm-hmm. So why is it that Fox didn't bring any of that in? Mm-hmm. I, you know. Yep. You so know, my you question, tell me. My question to you, which is more of a um, press or a political hit, if you're Fox and you're trying to get, keep your listeners, would it be more egregious for them to just outright pay Dominion to support them, like fund them? Or would it be like, oh, we lost a, a lawsuit to them, we're going to settle and pay them the same way? Yeah, I mean, that's that, That's a conspiracy theory that's probably true. Right. <laughs> what, what's, what's the old joke? What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? About 15 minutes. About 15 well, minutes. <laughs> here, here's the other thing. In a defamation, one of the basic elements in any defamation case anywhere in the country is proving damages. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys are in the media. It'd be hard to sue you guys anyway, unless you had a reckless disregard of truth or whatever New York Times versus Sullivan would say about it. But in any case, you got to prove damages. Right. So tell me, how how was Dominion damaged? They're still in Georgia. Yeah. You know, they're still in Michigan. They're still in Pennsylvania. They're in every county in Georgia, and they were put there by Brian Kemp when he was the Secretary of State. And his, I believe it was his chief of staff that became the vi- senior vice president for marketing for Dominion, a very oh, that sounds, little known fact. Okay. That's a little And now, like Right. So, so they have, understand, these secretaries of state have... They have um, relations with these ballot marking device companies. By the way, Dominion is not the Dominion is even the largest. There are three. There's uh, ESNS, Heart InterCivic, and Dominion are the three major ballot marking device machines used in the United States. France is going to pay for ballots, but you know, but we're using these. And and when you look at what happened, for example, in Pennsylvania, yeah, you know, we, you know, you can't say nobody can say that Dominion. Mistakes made by Dominion. Uh, first of all, let, let me be clear. I believe the election was really stolen when these states shut down because even though there may have been problems with this BMD, these ballot marking devices, computer counting programs, and even if they were, you know, favoring Biden, okay, when they realized at 10 p.m. Eastern they were getting a shellacking, mm-hmm. they're going, oh Lord. We have to we have to go to Plan B. Never in American history have you had a coordinated shutdown of multiple states. And the interesting thing about it is, whenever they shut down and say we've got ballots, how many times all throughout history do these things turn out well for a conservative candidate after they found ballots? No, look at look never. at look at just look at look at Florida versus Arizona. Yeah. Now Florida, after 2000, they got their stuff together. Okay, mm-hmm. so in Florida, now you've got to do you got to do your absentee ballot ahead of time. Those have to be counted on election day. Yeah. Whereas in Arizona, you know, even we saw with the Cary Lake election, oh, they stop and 
they, you know, start looking and they look and look and look and days and days and weeks go by. Mm -hmm. And who always wins when this happens? Of course. Yep. Of course. So. So um, we come from a state where we have one of our statewide Republicans as secretary of state, a series of Republicans, rhinos, um, that um, said, you know, passed all, you know, mail-in ballot and here. And of course we had Democrat wins. And they forced that on the counties. And they forced it on the counties across the board and they paid for the stamps and so forth. and then wouldn't allow us to, you know, challenge elections and change laws, and whatever. Is now working for the Biden administration. Get out of town. No, I'm serious. <laughs> a, a rhino Republican working. For, get out of town. Get out of town. That's just kind of hard. Right. To Surprising, fathom. right? I heard. I heard Sheesh. they fired her. Well, they may have, but it was. It served the purpose. She was working for them. So, uh, s- 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 the the thing I'm I'm curious about, and it's I, we don't often get attorneys on the yes, program. I love it. Yeah. Great. How is the separation of powers? supposed to work what accountability is there for these courts uh, first off first off understanding separation of powers article one creates the congress the system is supposed to work not to have overwhelming power in the executive but the power is supposed to rest in the congress that's changed over the years article three creates only the supreme court every federal court other than supreme court is created by Congress. For example, when you guys know Justice Robar, Judge Robards up in Washington, Seattle, you guys are from Seattle, when when Trump uh, announced his travel ban, he's one of the two judges, he and Derek Watson in Florida, who struck it down. He eventually got his tail kicked in the Supreme Court. It was unconstitutional in the beginning. Um, but it's supposed to work that way. Now, listen, the Congress has the power of the purse. Mm-hmm. You know, the, how, and Republicans control the House right now, even though the control is tenuous. And when you count some of the rhinos there, you have to question whether the control is really there or not. But you've got to cut the money. Yes. You've got to cut the money in these courts. If you're going to have courts that are, I mean, look, we know right now, uh, for example, that Matt Gates is in the process of trying to get uh, Judge Chutkin censored, I believe. Uh, I believe Judge Chutkin is the federal judge who is over the Trump January 6th case. I haven't appeared before, by the way. I, I've defended a young man in January. I've appeared before the judge, and she treated my client fairly in the general scheme of things. She, ours was the first one that she did not. Ex- she had been exceeding the government's recommendations before our, our kid came in, 20 years old. Uh, she took a liking to my guy and actually cut the recommendation in half. So we were the first case under which she... She did not exceed, in fact, cut the government's recommendation. But some of the comments she's made, you know, the president's not a king, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, Ch- and, and now, you know, Matt is, wants to censor her. Okay, so you get her censored. Uh, you know, listen, l- listen, I'm, why not just cut funding to federal courts? Why right. do we have federal courts in the District of Columbia anyway? That is not constitutionally mandated. Because, you see, the judicial acts that were passed beginning in the late 1700s are how these federal courts are authorized. The federal courts are subject to the Congress, ultimately, not the other way around, because the Congress controls their money and has created them to begin with. You ask a question about how separation of powers is supposed to work. You know, I mean, in, in, in the last few years, Rick Jordan, the founder of this ministry, Morningstar, and I have done some broadcasts together on the dangers of judicial tyranny, okay? Mm-hmm. And that remains a danger. Now, there's an equal danger, and that's prosecutorial tyranny. 
you know, and uh, it's funded to a large degree. Of course, we know the Soros prosecutors. We know what happened, you know, with this uh, the couple out in, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. The um, their names will come to me just in a moment, but the, but who were prosecuted because they stood out in their front yard with their guns, with guns yeah. after when a mob broke through their neighborhood, breaking the law. Everyone who came through that gate is breaking law. So, but um, but prosecutorial tyranny is now becoming a problem. But the question was on how separation of powers was. We're supposed to vest the power in the Congress. Congress has abdicated its responsibility and turned that responsibility to federal agencies so they can go out and raise money and do everything other than do what they're supposed to do. So really, the blame for the breakdown rests on the Congress when Congress allowed the administrative state to grow like a cancer yes. to begin with. Yes. Now, with this, those same prosecutors that are going after their political opponents, basically, are the same ones that won't prosecute actual crime. Of course. You know, it, it's, well, it, they pick and choose, ah, back no, on the street, right? They, they, they are, they're okay with the crime. They're okay with it because the, the Marxist modus operandi is chaos in the street. So they're okay with the crime. And like President Trump was ribbing Fannie Willis, you know, why aren't you prosecuting the murderers in Atlanta? You're right. spending your time on this. Right. It makes all the sense in the world if we're applying it through a logical prism. Right. But what they do is not through a logical prism. It's through a prism of how can we grab power. Right. And the ends always justify the means and vice versa in their in their scheme. I don't know how much time we have left, but I have we, one we question. We have a little bit of time. Okay. Go ahead. Um, talk about, and we, we just went through, it wasn't that long ago, this whole COVID pandemic <sighs> lockdown. How many constitutional um, freedoms were stepped on and restricted through that whole thing? You don't have to I don't know on. if we have that much I time. I know, but I'm saying it's like... Uh, you can't, but I mean, we had governors in our state for in Washington that would pick and choose. Well, you're a construction, but you work for the government. You can work. You're not. You're you're a private citizen. You can't work. Church, right. I mean, is this? Well, well, I, I'll be brief uh, yeah. because it's a loaded question, but it's yeah. similar to the question. It's like the question Doug asked. Listen, governors were exceeding their constitutional authority in their states by dictating. Yes. You know, yeah. every constitution, every state constitution in the country is modeled on the federal constitution and the legislatures are supposed to make the law. But these governors are using executive orders to make the law. Mm-hmm. And they really aren't enforceable unless you get them in front of a Democrat judge and enforces it. But people hold their heads down and obey the executive order, yes sir, and and because people are ignorant, they just let them get away with it. So um, it was a, a terrible usurpation of constitutional authority by every chief executive that put these uh, mandates into place. A follow-up Not- question. Real quick. Sorry, Doug. Uh, this is one that's specific to Washington. I mean, every, sure, everything, the federal government as well. In Washington, the legislature gives these bureaucracies rules-writing authority. So you have right, right, agencies right, writing right, rules right, that have the power of law. Right. Well, what's happening there, these agencies are in the executive branch. So the executive branch is making the law. So they'll put a, they will put a regulation out there thousands of regulations and you can't keep track of them and if you don't stop them within 30 days they become the law of the land and that's got to stop the 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 administrative state is using dictatorial powers obama shut down the coal industry in west virginia through these regulations it was biden using these regulations to basically to push his vaccine mandates it's got to come in and congress advocated its responsibility by turning rulemaking over to the to these agencies congress must take it back 100 percent. wow that's a that's a loaded question, Marty. Good, no, good one. As long as we got Don here, we better like put it to. So, right. um, I just want to come around to kind of a local issue here in Fort Mill, South Carolina. There's a tower out here in the backyard. Do you know anything about what's going on with that baby? Well, the tower you're referring to 21 21 story tower that was originally built by Jim Baker. 
uh, the the property we're on now was built by Jim Baker originally, went into disrepair. Morningstar bought it some 20 years after the fact and renovated the entire building, which is beautiful. We're in it now, but for some reason, the Republican-controlled county council uh, has initiated litigation against Morningstar, trying to block Morningstar's ability to finish the tower. And it's, a, you know, we don't have enough time for me to go totally into that, but it's a, it's governmental overreach. Uh, you know, uh, and it needs to come to a stop. So we've got some some freedom of religion issues that are floating around. We have a case floating the federal courts right now, one of the state courts. So uh, so there's litigation on multiple fronts. We appreciate your prayers on that. But that tower needs to be built because it's part of this ministry, part of the ministry vision. And why government would think it could step in and try to stop a ministry from carrying out its vision is beyond me. Republican-controlled county council of that so be careful of the title because you know look at the heart right you all know? right yeah right exactly so just because they say they're republican they're, doesn't they're, necessarily make it so this tower's been inspected this thing is up to code this thing is ready to go it, they're they're it, having a, it's arbitrary right well it's it's been inspected it will have to uh there there are going to be some it will have to come up the more modernized codes but we had a had approved a $75 million bond raise uh, in 2020 in 2021, and we're ready to just about ready to get moving on it. And the county turns around and sues us again. So all the issues that you've discussed were ready to be ready. I mean, the towers there, you can see it. 21 mm-hmm. stories brick. Yep. Basically, the interior has to be completed, and of course, in addition to that, sewer lines and water lines have to run, et cetera, et cetera. But you've already got the building standing there, and it makes no sense in the world. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Well, let's talk about your latest book. Now, had one released last year called Old Breed General uh, about General William Rupertus, who commanded the 1st Marine Division in in World War II longer than any other general. He was the author of the famed, if you have any Marines out in your audience, of the Rifleman's Creed, This is My Rifle. There are many like it. This is mine. Commanded the final battle on Guadalcanal, the Battle of Henderson Field. Uh, and uh, the book was released, and we were out speaking at the Reagan Library uh, last year. We spoke at the National World War II Museum, and it's doing fairly well. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, to speak on that. You can find me at DonBrownBooks.com, or you can just find the book on Amazon. So uh, I hope it'll do some good. I love history and love military history. Well, now let's talk about your other book, Travesty of Justice. Travesty of Justice is about uh, my client, Lieutenant Clint Lawrence. Um, who was uh, prosecuted for murder under the Obama administration. He was a 82nd Airborne uh, Lieutenant in Afghanistan. His uh, platoon got into a firefight in Kandahar prom- Province, which was the, mo- the hottest province in Afghanistan. Uh, they t- prosecuted him for murder, threatened to prosecute his, his uh, soldiers if they didn't turn on him, you know, and got him convicted, gave him 20 years. Wow. Um, President, he had been forgotten. President Trump was in office, and I had some friends at Fox at the time, uh, had been uh, on Hannity's show several times, and and Pete uh, Hedgeseth is a friend of mine, uh, is a good guy, and they and they said, listen, if you get the book done, you know we'll bring this back to the forefront, and got that book written uh, with a boutique publisher out of Colorado, and sure enough. Uh, in the spring of 2019, they had me on multiple times. We made pleas to President Trump to pardon Lawrence. And on November the 19th of uh, 2019, uh, President Trump announced that he pardoned, he pardoned Clint Lawrence. He wa- Clint walked out of prison that night with his uniform on, went to his hometown in Texas to a hero's welcome. And so the book was used as a tool 
Um, and I'm very, very grateful to have been involved with that. Great, great, grateful President Trump had the guts to do it. He was advised by the Secretary of Defense not to do it. He's advised by General Milley not to do it. He told them both to stick it where the sun don't shine, and he pardoned the guy anyway. So. <laughs> That's one it. of the reasons I love Donald Trump. Yeah, but I'm just, just <laughs> yeah. saying. So um, we got about we got about two two minutes left in the program. Um, why should our listeners read the Constitution? Because we, the best way I'll answer this case is there's a case out of Colorado called Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. The uh, the, the owner of that cake shop did not want to bake a cake with a gay wedding couple on top of it. Because he understood enough about the, and Colorado is trying to force him to do it he, against his religious rights. Because he knew enough about the Constitution to stand on his rights, he was able to defeat tyranny. So, the short answer to the question a fundamental understanding of the Constitution gives us the tools to begin to at least make arguments against tyranny. And if we don't learn it, They've got us where we they want us. We don't know. We've got to learn it as a country. We've got to master it. We've got to get better at it. And we've got to push it back in their face. So powerful. Our guest today, mm. Don Brown, and your website is donbrownbooks.com. Um, dot com. Donbrownbooks.com. And uh, don't ever ask uh, Don to write his phone number down <laughs> for you because he writes like an attorney. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying, uh, Don, thank you so much for thank being you, on the show today. We really appreciate the you work you're guys. doing and uh, God bless you. Uh, you know, what do you think, Marty? Uh, I think it's been fantastic. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I have so much in my brain right now. So that's Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, hey, go to DougAndMarty.com. You can contact us. You can listen to past episodes and you can even tell your smart speaker hey alexa play doug and marty versus the world and like a good servant of technology she'll do it for now that's right <laughs> until they find out we had don brown right. on this is doug bassler and marty mcclendon doug and marty versus the world see you next time yep.